Hi, this is Paul Shepard and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast, where changing your mind can literally change your life. Very excited. We have Clint Hoops here live on Zoom for my first ever interview for season seven. He is the proud father of six children, a former high-flying CEO, and now a leading coach and the host of the highly rated Unrivaled Man podcast. He is on a quest to help men become better fathers, husbands, and business owners through his cast and his Unrivaled Momentum program. Now, I've got to know Clint a little bit over the past few months. We've been working together on a few things, and his passion for helping men in this field is something that I wanted to explore more on this show. Welcome, Clint. Hey, thank you so much, Paul. Excited to be on the show. You're my first guest. How does that feel? No pressure. Hey, this is a lot of pressure. This is a <laughs> this your your podcast is fantastic. I, I love what you're doing for people, people all over the world learning to change their mindset. I mean, that that really is such a difference. So so thank you for what you do. So excited oh. to be on. Well, I've had to listen to lots of your podcast episodes, uh, so much content that we will have a little dip into, but I just wanted to ask you, what does mindset change mean to you, especially in your line of work? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, for me, mindset change, really, as a coach to business leaders and business owners, what happens is, is so often the difference between someone accomplishing their ultimate goal or having the life that they want is really comes down to their mindset because our mindset changes our actions. That's what I love so much about what you do because helping people to clear out their mind, to be able to take the time to think clearly each day makes all the difference in the world and the actions that you do each day. And so that's what I like to help my clients do is to be able to help them think more clearly each day and make the actions and do the actions that will actually get them to the goals and to the things that they most desire. So I, I am totally with you on that, totally with you on that. Uh, and again, that's why I wanted you to talk about this on the show because I, you know, until I got to know you and talking to Scott Donnell and just other, other people in, in coaching, I never really thought about men being targeted in regards to business and family life balance, um, even though it's a common issue that comes to, to my door, it's something that I didn't really appreciate until I got to speak to you and what, the, what actually it can do to get the balance right. So how did you get into this? What led you from high-flying CEO, you know, managing, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of people, what were you doing? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I manage teams anywhere from a handful of people up to over 150 or so over the years. So, so a wide, wide variety of sizes of teams and types of work. Okay, but what led you to where you are now? Because you went from CEO to mm -hmm. you're now a coach and host of a fantastic podcast. How, tell me about that journey. What happened? There? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's kind of a crazy journey. And so, Really to, to share this, I, I gotta go back a few years earlier in my career. There are a few experiences that really were pivotal in my life. And I think, I think our lives are formed out of a lot of little decisions and little, little things that we do each day that forms who we are, right? That forms the trajectory of our entire lives. But I do believe that there are some of these pivotal moments in our lives that, that really send us into a whole different way, right? A whole different direction and can, can change. So for me, years ago, I was a young father. I, at the time I went now, right now, like I said, I have six kids now. And so some people think, holy cow, six kids. <laughs> people always I'm say things that. like, you know, that. you know how that happens, right? I'm like, yeah, we, we figured that one out after number three, um, you know, but, uh, but no, I went back and, and several years ago when I only had a handful of kids, a couple of kids, I, uh, life was life was good in many senses of the world, right? You know, things were going good. Business was going well. I was running a, a large company and we were having a lot of success, really. The problem was 
the success was coming at a cost. It was coming at a cost to me and coming at a cost to my family, a cost that I almost didn't fully see. I was, I was fighting hard thinking, okay, if I can just make enough money, then I won't have to work as much in the future. And then I'll have all kinds of time with my kids in the future. Um, that was the first, right? The first mistake where I realized, why, why do I have to wait until the future to live my life or to be happy with my family or to be happy with myself personally? Because honestly, a lot of my message is about, it, it's, there, it's targeted towards men and it's targeted towards taking care of your family, but really everything starts with taking care of yourself. So me going back years before, I, I wasn't taking care of myself as much as, I, as much as I needed to. And also from a family perspective, what really hit me is one of these pivotal experiences I was talking about. I was, I was working late one night and, and, and my, my, uh, my kids and my wife, they were going to bed and I was, I basically, I'd missed dinner. They were now, kids were now going to bed. I would now go, who knows, over 24 hours without seeing my children and barely seeing my wife. And my wife relayed this to me later. She said that they were, um, they were saying prayers before they went to bed at night. We're religious and we like to pray as a family before we go to bed at night. And I wasn't there. And my little tiny boy, just young, was saying a prayer. And he said, he said, please bless that daddy can get his work done so he can come home and be with us. Oh, I mean, that, that hurts. That, that cuts you to the core. And I wasn't there. I heard it later. And so for me, that was one of those first little moments when my wife told me that, that I'm like, oh, something's got to change in my life. Then fast forward just a little bit, a little bit longer, a little later, another thing happened. We were having a glorious event, right? We were having another baby. We were in the hospital. My wife was there holding our newborn baby in the hospital bed. And I was over standing by the window. But instead of standing by the window, reflecting on how wonderful my life is and how grateful I was for a little baby, I was staring out the window, watching the cars pass by, thinking about the decisions that I hadn't made at work, the decisions that were causing me to be stressed out, causing us to, to all of the weight to be on me as the leader instead of on the team. And instead of being focused on the right goals, I was, I was doing something wrong. And I didn't know quite what it was at that point, but I was determined to fix it. My wife actually at that point, she said, I know you're not here right now. Since you meant present, right? I know you're not here. Go to work. This is just a few hours after our baby's born, mind you. Go back to work and come back when you can be here with us. She did it in a very polite way, right? right. She was very kind and respectful to me. Yeah. But, I, but she, she was right. So I left. I went to work. And in a few hours, I made critical decisions and fixed some of the things that have been plaguing me for months. Even though we were having good success, there were things in my life that were causing me not to be happy at home, not to be happy at work, and were pulling me away from the things that were most important. And it was at that moment, that day, I came back a few hours later, having acted and done things differently, that I started my quest. I started finding everything I could, reading everything I could, looking at other leaders and what they were doing, how they were doing it. And I found very little in regards of, of things specifically targeted towards fathers, fathers seeking to be business leaders and businessmen and kill it at work while not sacrificing their own selves and their family. There were lots of things about work-life balance, but nothing specific towards fathers and the struggles that we have. And so that, that is what really has caused me to be where I'm at right now. Is that, I think a lot of people listening to this could really relate to that. You know, that, you know, just imagine being there with a newborn baby and you're planning your, your work, trying to work out decisions, not really being present with your child. I guess I, I could play slightly devil's advocate with this a little bit. Please, but, please do. I mean, hasn't that been the way it's always been? You know, that's the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the traditional role. You're, you know, you have the baby, you look at it, then hand it back to the wife and you carry <laughs> on with your, you, you carry on with your, you know, your, your role in, 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 a, in a traditional sense. Uh, why is that so wrong, do you think? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it's funny because I asked myself kind of the same question. 
thinking, why do I not feel right about this, right? Why, why, did I, why did I feel unsettled about it back then? Why did it hit me so hard back then? Because you're right. In a traditional sense, I was fulfilling my role. My role was to be a provider for the family, right? In a traditional sense, provide for the family. And I was doing that. But what I realized was, is that providing for a family is more than just providing financially. And that's the thing that hit me is I realized providing for a family requires that there be a leader in the family. And there are two leaders in a family, the way that I see it. Right. And I know every family's different. Right. So I, and I have my experience of where I'm at, but, but for my family, that was me and my wife and we were partners and we are the ones that lead the family together. And so because we're partners, you have to be on the same page. And so for me, that's what I realized is that we were not on the same page on some of the most critical things, you know, as far as my role with the family, my wife was so happy to do everything she could to pick up the slack per se, where I was missing the boat because she knew how hard I was working and I knew how hard she was working. And what I realized is that there was something more I could do, not only to help myself feel more fulfilled, but to actually help my wife feel more fulfilled and to help my children feel more fulfilled. And the magic of all of it is, is that once my family and myself felt better about our relationships at home and we set clear guidelines and clear expectations for ourselves, I started doing the same thing at work, setting better, clearer expectations with my employees. And, and in the end, I was a better leader at home and at work. And we actually had more success at home, which led to more success at work. That was the funny thing. I actually started working less hours, but they were more focused hours. They were more intentional hours. And the hours were better when I was at work because of what I was doing at home. And it was a, it was a magical thing. And, and it took, it took years to discover how to do it. And and that is the thing that, that I'm teaching people so that they don't have to spend years like I did. That, that must have been powerful to experience. Uh, and I wonder what drove you. I wonder what it was. I mean, I know, I know that you didn't feel right. I know that, there, you know, obviously you were missing out on your family. But I wonder what it was in you that said, no, I'm not doing this anymore that made these changes that made that made you hunt it out and create what's it the unrivaled momentum program i guess that's what you you again guys can sign up to this and that's right and, and 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 learn from you but what drove you do you think what was the what do you think it is in you you know i'm one that ever since a young age i have desired to be the best i can be at whatever i was deciding to do and I imagine anybody listening to a podcast called the Mindset Change Podcast is in a similar boat. These are people that are not just passively flowing through life, hoping that they'll catch their break or that something's going to happen. These are people being proactive and saying, I want to do something better with life. I want to be better all the way around, not just in one part of life. I want to be better all the way around, whatever better means to you. And so for me, I found from early on in my life, coming from a family that is very similar to mine, I had five kids in my family growing up. My wife also had, had the same. And, and, and so for us, we loved the connection and the relationships with, that we had with our, not only our parents, but also with our, with our siblings. And we know how rare it is in this world to have some of the relationships that we have with some of our family. We, we know how blessed we truly are, but we also know how hard our families worked to have that kind of relationship, right? And so that's something that we both, my wife and I learned early in our lives. We had great examples of that. And I know that not everybody has had that. Many of the clients that I coach, some have had great examples in the past and just need some direction like me, I needed direction. Others haven't had great, haven't had great examples in their lives. 
And so they're looking for somewhere, somewhere to figure out, I know this is possible, right? They see people around them that are happy, people around them that seem to have it together, right? And they want to know how to do it. And, and so for me, I, I felt like I was able to do that gather the great wisdom from so many different business leaders that are successful, that are also successful family men as well. And I've been able to bring those things together into this program. It does sound absolutely amazing. What are the, um, what are the struggles most men seem to face mm. uh, besides what you went through, but what are the struggles that most men seem to face that lead them to your program? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I, I tell you, one of the things I didn't mention yet, that's another part of that story of being in the hospital. You got to understand, I growing up, I was, I was an athlete. I did, you know, I did sports, played baseball, American football. I played um, all of, you know, different sports growing up, did them in, in high school, did them at a, at a competitive level. And loved it. It was so fun. So great. I was in great shape. But during this time that I'm describing to you, I was over 35 pounds overweight. I wasn't able to move like I'd always moved in the past. I was always fast. I could run. I loved being on a bike, all of those different things. And I wasn't doing it. And I wasn't doing it with my children, right? The same things, those some fun things. It was so crazy. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm young. How am I not feeling like I should? That was another very quick, big indicator for me to realize something wasn't right. And so as a part of all of this, that weight was shed. I got active again. I mean, now I ride a mountain bike most days of the week and, uh, and do a lot of those types of things and play with my kids. I was at a, you know, coaching my kids, uh, baseball team last night. I mean, that's, th- those are the kind of things that bring a joy that you can't have until you have the peace in your personal life, a peace that, that, that is possible for everyone. I, in my, in my program, I talk about something called flowing momentum. So there is, there is a momentum that we're all seeking in life. We're trying to get to the point where each part of our lives, our family life, our work life, our personal life, if you're religious, your relationship with God, all of these different pieces, you want them all flowing and clear. And in being able to have the traditional work-life balance that people talk about, people forget that it's not, people think of balance and they think of the exact amount of time I'm going to spend four hours here, four hours here, four hours here, four hours here, and that's balance. And it's not. Right. And I think that's a, a, a thing that a lot of people do get confused about. And so we help give people the tools to realize that you can have a balance in life that ends up in a flowing momentum, a momentum that almost drives you. Right. Anybody who's been on a pair of snow skis or been on a mountain bike or been, I imagine, very similar on like people that are on, you know, other types of activities where you flow, where you're riding fast. Like me, I picture a mountain bike. I'm riding through trees or riding around rocks on trails and you just respond. You just know obstacles are coming your way and it just flows. It responds when you're in the zone. Um, You know, you're on snow skis, same thing. You're going through the trees, just back and forth and back and forth. And you feel almost like you're being pushed. That is the feeling that you can achieve in your own personal life. That is flowing momentum. And it only comes when each part of your life and your expectations for it are clear. I'm hundred percent on it. I've just come back from skiing. So I was, I was Oh like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember you were that. saying that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it was that, that, those flow moments. When people ask me, oh, describe a flow moment. It's either when I go diving or when I go running or when I go skiing. Yes. And, and, and you're right. It, it has such a big impact on creating space inside your mind, time to think. And we don't put enough emphasis on these activities, do we? We tend to see them as frivolous. You know, it's um, yes. I think in the, in the UK here, we have like four weeks holiday a year on average for the yeah. average worker. And I think in the States, isn't it two? or something like that? What, what is, it? You know, is it over there? <laughs> I don't know what the actual average is. Yeah. Uh, 
but I'll tell you, it's it's yeah, it's not it's not much more than two. Some some companies actually have um, unlimited PTO policies, right? Paid time off, and I and I've had that where it's unlimited. But I'll tell you, my experience with unlimited is that I use less <laughs> because you end up working so much harder. So so yes, we don't take enough time. I'm telling you, we don't take enough time. Okay, and is that something that people come to you with? Is that what they do? They feel guilty. Is this mm-hmm. what stops them taking that time? That's a, that's you're exactly right. People feel guilty. It's the same reason. Like I was saying earlier in my career, I had chances to take off, but I didn't because I felt guilty. I felt like the only way that I could have permission to take time off was if everything was perfect and guess what? We never reach perfection. Of course. Right. We don't reach that. We don't reach that. Um, You know, and, and so, and so for me, as I start, as I start going through this, I, I start seeing people that essentially they're, they're looking at their lives and they're comparing themselves to this perfect person, this perfect place, and they're not reaching it. And so they feel like a failure because of that. And so when, when I'm able to, to sit with them and sit down and help them understand that in reality, what, what they have already in front of them, this is the reason it's called unrivaled man. Unrivaled man literally means that there is no rival. There is no one really? that is competing with you, right? And you think about that. And, and, and some people ask me, they're like, what are you supposed to be like the unrivaled man that no one can compete with you? And, and I say, look, you are the unrivaled man. You can be that person. No one can compete with you because you are the only you. You are the only man that can lead your family. You are the only man that can lead your company because it's your company. It's they're your employees, your people. It's your life. It's your relationship with your wife. It's your relationship with God. It's your relationship. So you are unrivaled. You're already there. You've already achieved that. There is no competition with others. So you're in competition with yourself. Make yourself better over and over again. And so part of what we work on is just helping people realize that they are enough who they are. They are enough. They just have to change a few things to make who they really are align with their actions. Well, I get it. So is the mistake people making that they're in competition with other people? Shouldn't we be in competition with other people to be better? Or should we just drop that then and then just be in competition with ourselves? Well, that's a great question because, because the reality is when you're in a market and you're in things, I mean, competition can be, can be, you know, can be a great thing to help drive us, right? The competition I'm referring to is the competition of comparing ourselves constantly to this perfection, right? This perfection that we're trying to seek. So quit comparing ourselves to that perfection. And in the end, the way that you compete will be at a whole nother level. And it really does come down to mindset, right? It is a subtle shifts in, in, in the man's mindset to realize that in fact, they can provide well for their family while still providing for their family in an emotional sense and being present mentally with their family. They can do those things while still having a company that absolutely kills it. They can do that. Have it all. Have it all. And <laughs> have it all sounds so cliche, right? Yeah, you yeah. can have it all. And da, da, da. But, but I will tell you, though, yeah. other people will say, make a few quick changes and your life will be perfect. Oh, I'm going to tell you, it's, not, it's hard. Anybody who wants to do my flowing momentum program or my unrivaled momentum program, and learn about flowing momentum, they are people that are willing to put in the hard work. They've already done that. They're willing to put in the hard work. But what we're going to do is is put all of that effort of working incredibly hard, we're going to focus it, right? It's the whole philosophy of a flashlight versus a laser, right? We are going to take the flashlight effect. Instead of you spreading that effort across all these different areas, we are going to focus that laser-like focus on the things that will really impact life 
personal feeling, relationship with children, relationship with spouse, and work. Those are the things, those are the fundamentals, the foundation for, for a healthy life. I love it. This is very exciting. I think it's long overdue. So I said, I've never really heard of men being targeted and focused on in this way, but it is important. It is important. Do you mm-hmm. get people, do you ever work with women? Do you ever get anyone yeah. to and say, I, I need this, but I'm not a guy? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. No, I have women clients right now. Okay. okay. For sure. For sure. I'm, I'll tell you, I, I love helping women as well because women will, um, women, they innately have a different view generally, right? A lot of them have, I mean, it's amazing how they already kind of have that, uh, nothing better than maybe a nurture aspect, right? Where they kind of inherently have that where men have to kind of learn that a little bit more, right? Women tend to already have that big desire to be present with their kids. And they're just, they're just, they're better in so many ways (laughs) already. And that's, and that's the reason I, and so I do help women, but this, but this specific program is targeted toward men primarily because I start looking at statistics in the world. And there are statistics that show that most men, most men feel that they don't spend enough time with their children. And they feel like the, and most men feel like the primary cause of that is their work obligations that are pulling them away. And so that is something that is prevailing in our world. And I believe that a lot of the younger men that are growing up right now are confused and don't quite know how to be able to be that man that they want to be. And so, and so it's all of those different people that I'm trying to help to impact. I'm trying to help these fathers so that they can then in turn help their own sons to do the same, be that great example and help them get what they want as well. And it can be different than their dad. That's the key to all of this. It is what you want and how you want to structure things that can make it possible. And being a great dad to your sons as well as your daughters so that your daughters can also grow up and do the same, right? And so that's the, that's the magic. Again, it's, I, don't, I don't think I work with enough guys because mm-hmm. again, it's, I'd say that sometimes it's a little bit split, but there are definitely, women are definitely more confident in coming forward and asking for help. Yes. And we know from the stats, when it comes to mental health, men really suffer. They do. And I think a program like this, where they may not see it as therapy. I think the word therapy puts a lot of people off and I've not had great mm-hmm. experiences of therapy myself, but I think a, a coaching program like this, now I was looking at your logo. I looked at your, your new logo the other day. Yeah. It definitely stands out. Wonderfully done, wonderfully done. And I, again, it really does appeal to, to men to not see this as something where they think they should just do all these things by themselves and they should know how to do these things by themselves, but to get training, to get coaching, to get mentoring on stuff that they cannot know by themselves. You know, like mindset change your work mm-hmm. you know it's no one knows the stuff without actually having coaching we don't go to the gym do we expect to know how to use all the equipment <laughs> you're exactly right well some people do right <laughs> they <laughs> actually do some people go there and they walk around right yeah. and they walk around and they're not they're not quite sure what to do some of you listening may be in that in that point right now where you're you go to the gym because you know you're supposed to but you and you do some of the exercises, you look at other people, yeah, I can do that. Or you go run by default, which is great. Running's great. I love to run. But, but, but when you get a coach, they hone and they help you focus. And, and you make progress in ways that you didn't even think was possible necessarily before. And most of it is just knowledge. It's just, it's just helping them help you focus. And so, um, so that's, that's really what it is. That's really what it is. I mean, it's really what you're doing, Paul, in all of your work here is, is you're, you're helping people, you know, one podcast at a time, shift their mindset just a little bit, just, just shift it a little bit better in a way that they choose, right. In a way that is very unique to them. And, and that's where we do the same type of thing, but very, in a very specific way to a specific group of people where they can interact with other men that are in a similar situation where 
they can get one-on-one coaching with me as well as with my, my other course. And so it's, it's a full program that helps them to do those things. And, and so, and so really in the end, it helps, it helps that it helps them get that feeling in their life again, if they've had it, because a lot of people have felt it before and then it, and then it leaves, they feel that little balance for a little bit and then it, then it goes away. And so, and so really that's the, that's the key. And, and I'll tell you one thing that I think that, that we start with, right? When we go start going through this with people is we sit down and we figure out what you, what you really want. And you think, and everyone thinks that's pretty simple. Like, Oh, I've done that before. Of course, that's my goal setting. That's why I did the first of the year when I do, you know, new year's resolutions or, or, or whatever it is. I've done that before. Like some people will start out with me and they'll say, oh, I've done that before. I've, I've, I've tried to figure out, you know, I've, I kind of have those goals of who I want to be. I know these types of things, but they haven't done it in quite the way, in quite the detail where they're measuring on how they feel as well, right? How they will feel at the end, right? Envisioning how they're going to feel, not just what it's going to look like financially, because you got to have both. You got you to have these goals that you're going for, but you also need to have into that where you want to be as far as your feelings, your relationships. And it sounds all, you know, all fluffy or whatever, but man, when you have that great feeling and you can achieve that and you have a clear vision, man, it feels great. I, I, no, I, I agree with that. I, I know how, what it can do. Triggering dopamine mm-hmm. gets you to hunt out your goals. It's a wonderful thing to trigger. What do you think is, you know, when you're working with clients, again, it's, we can say that we can, we can mentor them and we can, we can find out what they're struggling with, but what do you think the biggest resistance is to change within your, what you've experienced within your program. Yeah, there's some of the biggest ones are just ingrained habits that they already have. So, and the ingrained habits very often are listening to people they shouldn't be listening to. So much of what, of, of what there is, is we all have these stories in our heads, right? That's what mindset's all about, right? The stories in our heads, what are we listening to? What's happening? And what happens is, is so many of the men that I work with have these stories going on in their head already that tells them that in order to be successful, they have to be busy, always busy. They have to work the longest, work the hardest, right? It has to be hard or you're not doing enough. And that is one of the biggest myths that I subscribe to. That was one of the stories in my head in the past. If I don't work the hardest and bust it out and make it happen, then I'm not working hard enough. I grew up doing construction. And as a general contractor, he worked on a farm growing up and on a ranch. I grew up doing construction, hard labor, doing uh, concrete work, framing, you know, all of these different things like that. They're hard, hard work. You know, here where I live is over a hundred plus degrees Fahrenheit and holy cow, it was hard, hard work. And I would do this from the time I was young. And I always associated doing a good job with sweating and hard work. And many of you, some of you listening may feel the exact same way, but it was later that I realized that I could be incredibly successful incredibly impactful, even way more impact than I had in the past when I was at a spot where I wasn't working harder. I mean, you hear the cliche term, work work smarter, not harder. They're right. They're right. And there is something to that, but it's very easy to say it's much harder to implement because you have these things that you've done for so long that are ingrained in you and you have to start shifting the way things are done. The other thing that people often have is they have addictions that they're working through. And so these addictions can be, can be many different types of addictions, right? They can be um, substance addictions. They can be addictions to, uh, to other things that might be harming their marriage. Often pornography is something that's, that is very hard for, for, a, for a spouse, for a wife in a marriage. And so that's something that men struggle with. And so we help work through those and help combat those and help give them the resources to be able to work through some of these things. But then an even more common addiction is addiction to these devices we have in our pockets, which is coming all too prevalent and learning to be present, learning to be present 
and learn to be present no matter where we're at. If we're at home, be home, be home. If we're with our kids, then be with our kids, roll on the floor, have fun, play games. If they're young, if they're old, go do things with them, do something different. I mean, there are so many things you can do with kids at all levels with your wife. If you're married, you take your wife, go on dates, do things, date as if you were not even married. You know what I mean? You're just met. Be Treat your life in that way. And then when you're at work, because you've taken care of your responsibilities at home so well, when you're at work, you don't even have to think about home. It's fine. Be all in at work. Give it everything you got, right? So you can give it wherever you're at, be present at the time. That is a good mantra, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Be indeed. Just be here. Be yeah. with your children. Be present with your wife. Be present with whatever you're doing. Because our minds just wander off. Oh, you know? It's a it's it's an illness. It feels like, doesn't it? It does. It, it feels does. like this illness. <laughs> like, yeah, how am I going to escape this? Yeah, it does. It does. But we, I said that it's. Um, I think Johan Hari has done a great book recently um, on focus, which. Uh, talks about this in greater detail, but we are becoming very distracted. And again, it's mindfulness is a great tool just to begin to, I think it's one of the most coolest tools in regards Mm -hmm. to training your mind to just sit and focus on what is important to you in that moment. A lot of people have this picture, don't know that mindfulness is just sitting underneath a tree, you know, cross-legged, you know, (laughs) just breathing in the air, Um, can be. But it's learning to train your brain to focus. And you, you can, in my view, get a better tool than that, especially if you want to be successful in life. You know so, where I focus best? Yeah, well, on a mountain bike. Uh, on a bike. I saw yourself out Utah. You go in the desert, don't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm in southern Utah. So we're okay. so for, for those of you that might kind of know the area a little bit, I mean, we're I'm just a, an hour away from uh, Zion National Park, one of the most beautiful national parks in the world. I'm an hour and a half from Las Vegas, which is very desert, desert, desert. And and Arizona is about five minutes away like that. We are right there in the corner okay. in southern Utah. And so and so we are desert. I mean, so, so it's, it's fun though. Mountain biking here. We're, we're a fantastic place to mountain bike. So anybody listening, you show up to Utah, you know, hit me up. We'll go, we'll go on a mountain bike ride. I'll take you around. Um, this is, this is such a beautiful, fun place for all of that. And, but here's the deal. It's not just mountain biking. It's the fact that that's something I love to do. And so, and it's something I don't have to think about. I can get out there and I can just go just go. And my mind can just be free to think. And I'll often stop halfway during the ride. I'll work really hard. And then I'll go sit up at the top, pull my helmet off, sit on a rock somewhere and just think. And I get my best ideas. I'm t- unrivaled man for, for, the, for instance, that idea came at the top of a mountain as I'm sitting at, at a mountain bike ride. I mean, that my best ideas have come that way. And it doesn't have to be mountain biking. It doesn't have to be snow skiing. It doesn't have to be, it is your thing. It is your thing, whatever your thing is. So seek and find it, seek and find it and see where you can focus. Context is important with focus. Absolutely. I get mine when I'm running. I get my go for a walk every day, no sound, no nothing. And just allow my brain time to think. And like you, you get those ideas Mm -hmm. that come out of nowhere. And you know, this interview came out of nowhere. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Um, You're right. Well, us, well, us even finding each other came out of, I mean, what seemed like, uh, you know, serendipity or whatever you want to call it. Mm. But I, but I believe also that when you are seeking to improve yourself and seeking to do things differently, I believe that people will come into your path that want the same thing. And I believe you can help each other and things can go that way. And I believe that happens. So I believe, hey, the, you know, the, the more we focus on those kind of things, the more we'll get the things we're looking for. Yeah, we're like, so. it's, I'd like some people say it's magnets. I think the brain opens up beautifully and begins to show you people and situations we would not have noticed mm-hmm. if we were too busy focusing on what's going wrong with our lives, what's not happening. Um, if we're focusing on the news and we're focusing on the negativity in the world, then that's what we'll see. But if you open your mind up, as, you, as you're saying, then we get to see opportunities and potential. 
And yeah, it's, it's, it's up to us whether we take advantage of that or not. You know, it's uh, we we have to have the courage to do that. Um, yeah, so I, for, yeah, very very true. Well, I was just going to make one random comment, and then we uh, can move on. Yeah. I, it just it just it popped in my mind something I have done for um uh for for quite a few years. I haven't done it like completely in line for you know four or five years, but but over the course of the last ten years, for about four or five of those, I have kept a whenever I feel like I've needed it, I have kept a gratitude journal where I have recorded the events of my life, but in terms of gratitude. And it starts out every time I am grateful for, and I write those things. And so, and so I'm telling you, it's something that has shifted my world into the way, like we talk about mindsets and, and changing those things, changing the way you see. Sometimes it's just something small like that, that will make you see the world a little bit different. You know, and so, uh, so, so just what you had said earlier, just kind of made me think about that. Maybe somebody out there, uh, would like to give that a try. It can, it can change your view. There are gratitude meditations on this podcast. Oh yeah. Well, again, the science behind them is so clear and we know it works. And I know it sounds a bit, Mm -hmm. to some people, it sounds a bit woo woo and airy fairy Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I think sometimes that's a defensive mechanism in ourselves, especially as guys, We're like, no, we're not meant to be doing that. That's something that someone else can do. Uh, we need yes. to, you know, and that's toxic masculinity. And it's, yeah, we uh, want to be seen as a real man. Yes. And real men don't <laughs> write in a journal and meditate, <laughs> right? Those are, yeah, which is a bunch of craziness because the most successful men do. <laughs> I, I, and I agree with you. Self-mastery comes from meditation, mm-hmm. mindfulness, uh, gratitude practice, and journaling is stuff that I promote mm-hmm. with all my clients. Um I wanted to ask you if do you promote resources to your clients? Is there any books that you'd recommend or that you've gifted the most to friends, family, or or colleagues mm-hmm. or anything that you would go, you have to read this? Yes, honestly, right now. So there, so there are there are several different books. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a couple, and then I'll and then I'll then I'll say one. So I'll tell you a book called Leadership and Self Deception. Uh, that is an amazing book. So any of you that are, and this, and it doesn't have to be just leaders. Um, there's actually two books, Leadership and Self-Deception and Anatomy of Peace. They're, they're, they're kind of companion books. And uh, the Anatomy of Peace is maybe targeted less toward leaders, whereas Leadership and Self-Deception is targeted more toward leaders. But you do not have to be a leader uh, necessarily to, to, to get wonderful things out of it. That is an amazing book that will change the way you see the people around you and your relationships to the people around you. It will, it will change truly the way that you see your family or the way that you see your coworkers or other people in your life. Those are, those are some amazing books. And then one more, I'm going to say um, that has been a book I've been giving away quite a bit recently. And that is the gap in the gain and uh, the gap yeah. in the gain is uh, so gap in the gain is a principle by Dan Sullivan. He's kind of the, the guy who founded strategic coach. If you've ever heard of him uh, and the one who really wrote the book, is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And, and he is an amazing, amazing man. Um, Paul and I both know Dr. Benjamin Hardy and he is, he's incredible. And so he wrote this book with Dan Sullivan. And the thing that I love about this book is it helps change the way that you view your life and the experiences you have and the progress that you've made. So we were talking about not comparing yourself to this perfect man in the future, right? This perfect person. And, and I'm telling you, that's what this book helps with. You know, often we go, he describes being in the gap as us trying to compare ourselves, to this ideal person and being in the gain to measuring ourselves backwards on the progress that we've made. And there's so much more power in being in the game. This is a principle I've been giving this book away and I've actually been teaching my kids about it. I actually had one of my kids a couple of days ago, we were in the car and uh, I can't remember one of the kids said something. One of my kids said something and another one said, Oh, that's you're in the gap. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. This is a six-year-old saying this, a six-year-old said you're in the gap. And I'm thinking, Holy cow. He got way more out of that than I thought he was going to get. You got um, owned. You got owned. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this. So, cause he helped me realize that we were comparing ourselves to this perfection. Right. And so that's a very powerful book to help you understand, man, am I comparing myself to this perfect ideal? And if I am, man, that book can actually really help to shift your mindset in the way that you see things and, uh, and your relationship to those goals. 
because anybody listening on here is is probably has goals for themselves. Yeah, in their I, um, again, I've not heard of the other two mm-hmm. books. I'm going to put them in the show notes so people can uh, mm-hmm. find them and uh, if they want to look them up. Gap It Again, yeah, as you know, I've read. Uh, mm-hmm. Huge fan and led me to, well, led me to meeting uh, Benjamin Hardy and then you. So again, That's the, right. the whole philosophy around it, um, I'm 100% behind. And it's something that I do recommend my clients uh, and friends read. Uh, some of them have, and they've got a lot from it. They've got a lot from mm-hmm. it. So, um, again, just wanted to ask you, as we're, we're coming to the, towards the end of our of our show, of our my first I- uh, interview, it's gone so well. So thank you so much for coming online. If there was a message that you could give to uh, anyone struggling mm-hmm. with um, any of the issues that you've talked about that they would come and see you for, what would that message mm-hmm. be? Hope. Don't forget that there is always hope. I, I sometimes in life will come across people that have gotten to the end of their road, end of the rope, so to speak, where they are feeling like there is no hope. And when we get to the point where we've lost all hope, that is when it's very difficult to move and get out of that. And so Remember that if you're sitting here and you're listening and you feel like you don't, you, we're, we're talking about becoming this amazing person, doing these amazing things. We're talking about these amazing people that have done incredible things in their lives. And you're thinking, that's not me. I want that, but that's not me. I'm so far from that. It's going to take me so long to get there. Just, just have hope. Do those little steps each day and remember it doesn't happen. They have all the cliche sayings, right? Rome wasn't built in a day, or it's a pile of small little decisions that make something great in the end. All of these different maxims, these different things, they're all true. It is the little decisions that we're making right now. So if you're without hope, the first decision you need to make is to have hope right now. And that will help inspire the next decision. And that will start the dominoes falling and your life to start shifting in the right direction every day. So choose hope every day. Love it. I love that message. Um, What's exciting you right now? Man, I'm telling you this unrivaled, unrivaled momentum program is, is just starting. I'm shifting. I'm going to have my other coaching clients that I have already. And this is something that's, that's shifting and coming to pass right now. So it's, it's, it's just getting started. It's, it's funny. I say just getting started, but it's been program that's been being written for years. (laughs) And so it's a compilation of the things I've been teaching uh, the leaders that I have led and, and my employees and the people I've coached for years. And so it's all coming together. And so it does. It's got me so excited right now. I can't even describe. Um, it's just so fun to think about the people I can help and the things I can do. And, you know, but I will tell you, if you want something that's completely different outside of work, because I think that's kind of fun sometimes yeah, too, yeah. to let you guys know that the only thing I don't just, you know, sit here and try to take care of my, you know, my family and, and, uh, and do work and do this program. I, I, I do, I, I practice what I preach. I live things. Like I said, I love being on a mountain bike. I love doing things. I'll tell you years ago, I used to ride the unicycle because I'm kind of funny. I'm, I'm kind of somebody who likes to ride. I like, I like to do different things. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm funny. Like I know how to, sh- I, I have, I have a collection of straight razors and I know how to sharpen and collect and restore straight razors. And I shave with straight razors. And okay. I, I have, I have just funny little things that I like to do. Cause it's cool. It's fun. I, I write with a fountain pen cause I like it. Um, and I learned to ride a unicycle when I was, when I was, Oh, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. And I haven't ridden much for, for the last few years, but, but a few months ago, I picked up my unicycle again. I've been teaching my kids <laughs> and my wife too. She's been learning. And it is so funny because you think, okay. oh man, like some silly clown at the circus <laughs> on a unicycle, but it is so fun. And I've gotten into mountain unicycling and I'm just, cause I mountain bike already. Right. So I'm learning. So you got to look this up on YouTube there. You can, you can look it up and see people mountain unicycling. It's, right. it's unreal. I am not those guys yet. So just, you know, if you watch the videos, it's not me. Okay. I actually, I have a normal unicycle, but today my new mountain unicycle is actually coming and I'm going to start learning how to ride. So who knows, maybe we'll have another interview someday and I'll come back and I'll, I'll have, I'll actually have a video of me not dying coming <laughs> down, a coming down a mountain on you. So that's actually yeah. another thing that's okay. kind of exciting me right now. <laughs> oh, that is, 
trying to picture i can't even picture it to be honest <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to look it up it's it's yeah. it's kind of crazy uh yeah. the people on the videos on youtube just like everything i mean like they're unreal right um you know but uh but it's but it's pretty fun so just like to try something new i think yeah. life life is much more interesting when you do things that are fun and you and you go where your interest lies mm. do something fun and so and so that's i think a message for people is look in life if you're not having fun and you're not letting your interest take you into something fun while still meeting your responsibilities that you have at work and in life you, you got something wrong mm. something is wrong you got to you got to be able to do all these parts of life it's it's they say what is it variety is the spice of life I think there's something to that. Being able to do different things. You can do that. I have six kids, yet I still have hobbies and I do a lot of them with them and, and we make it fun, but we still got to take time for ourselves. So. Okay. People find you, Clint. Yeah. The best place to find me right now, uh, you can search the, for the Unrivaled Man podcast, right? And you'll be able to find me, any any major podcast player. Find me there. Love to love to hear you. And it has links to everywhere there as well. And then unrivaledman.com will take you to everything else that I do and, and point you anywhere else you, you want to follow. Perfect. Perfect. So I want to say thank you so much. This has been an amazing first interview for me. Thank you for being gentle with me myself. <laughs> um, oh, Paul, you are a fantastic interviewer. And I, I, I really am. I am honored that you would allow me to be on, on your show with your amazing audience. So thank uh, you. Thank you so much, Clint. Please check out the Unrivaled Man podcast. I'm a big fan. And if you would like to talk to Clint about coaching to big success in business and with your family, then you will find his details in the show notes. Now, something I get asked about a lot is what supplements should I take if I am struggling with anxiety and stress? What would help me? Well, I found a company called New Mind Wellness. They're a wonderful ethical brand who has created a stress support formula. In one tiny sachet, they contain 23 ingredients, which includes all your vitamins, all your minerals, adaptogens, and ancient herbs and flower remedies. Now, these include the top essentials I recommend to clients, which include ashwagandha, magnesium, glycinate, and L-theanine. Now, I use this product as a preventative. I really do enjoy the common focus I can feel from taking these daily. And if you would like to give them a go, then please use Paul20 in the checkout box for your 20% discount. The link is in the show notes. So I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode with me, your mindset coach, Paul Shepard. Please share, please subscribe, and please leave a review of anything you'd like the show to cover or who you would like me to interview. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode and have an amazing day.